podcast of Fender Bender Magazine, helping collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Quartermeyer. In this episode, I'm joined by Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger to break down his May column, The Value of Just One Hour. Greg explains why knowing your shop's cost per hour is so important and how you can more closely examine your shop's processes to understand where and why your business is burning cash unnecessarily. For more from Greg, you can check out all his columns on FenderBender.com and also revisit the Collision Cast archives as Greg joins the show each month to take a deeper dive into his monthly columns. And now, here's our conversation. Well, all right. Joined today by Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger, and we're going to be going over his uh, May column, uh, which is entitled The Value of Just One Hour. And so this is obviously an important topic. It concerns both time and money. Uh, Greg, you want to uh, maybe break down kind of what you know the subject of the column is about, why it's so important to know your cost per hour and all the implications that that has? Well, for the uh, uh, all the decades that I've been in this uh, industry, um, uh, it took me uh, at least probably a little over two of them to uh, uh, have a really smart guy tell me that uh, what what uh, what the cost of time is. And so for you know for most of all of us for our, most of our lives, we've heard that you know time is money. And so how do you how do we um, calculate that? You know how how can we? Um, it sounds great, but uh, how can we actually put uh, figures to it? Knowing the cost per hour, um, you break down some of the math in the column uh, so people can figure it out for themselves. But um, you know, what does that really indicate, and what you know, what can you tell by by looking at that number? Well, you know, so let's just kind of look at it. Uh, the way I, I broke it down in the column is that you know, if we, even if we just took a, a million dollar shop and uh, say that basically doing about a million dollars a year in gross sales, and if you do ten million, then you can just take that times ten, of course, but um, you know, there's uh, in 52 weeks in a year, and we have uh, 40 hours a week. Well, you take 52 times 40, and that's 2,080 working hours per year. And uh, granted, there's vacations and so forth, and and there be some holidays in there, but we don't want to uh, go diving into that just too deep. But we would take that uh, uh, million dollars a year in gross sales, and we would divide it by the 2,080. And that would it would come up with uh, uh, 480, just about 481 dollars an hour. And as my mentor had, had told me, we we done the math for my shop at the time, and and he he takes his index finger and he points it right at me, and he says, in this case, for a scenario, let's say just at a million dollar shop, uh, he pointed right at me and he says, Greg, he says you're burning 481 dollars an hour, and uh, it, you really don't think about it too much until you figure it out actually per hour. And you could even do it by the minute if you wanted to. And, uh, you know, at a, a $2.5 million shop, uh, they're burning about $1,202 an hour. Or a $5 million shop uh, is burning $2,404 an hour. And if you divide, say, the $5 million shop, you divide that, uh, that uh, $4,808 per hour, and you divide it by 60 minutes. That means it's we're burning almost $40 a minute. And if you really, you know, that's kind of usually an aha moment. And uh, now we don't want to dive into this just too deep and say, well, you know, we're, we're that's gross sales. You know, that's, uh, you know, your insurers are paying for paint uh, parts and sublet and all those other things. But, you know, our, and I won't dive in, I won't go down this trail very far, but, you know, it's back to hitting our break even. And uh, uh, the other thing is, to, uh, is a way to really look at it. Um, 
you know, we have different departments in our shop. And uh, if, if, if uh, and we actually have like a, a conveyor belt, if we really want to look at it uh, the right way, um, whether your shop is in, in a couple different buildings or whether it's just in one building or whether it's even as, as, as neat as having a linear shop where it's in a straight line, which I've never seen one, but <laughs> just think an imaginary straight line and think of that as a, as a big, long conveyor belt. And on that conveyor belt, and, and in our case, in our shop, we've got cars that are flowing down that conveyor belt. But you could almost look at it as like dollar bills are floating down that conveyor belt. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we actually have a, a money printing machine. I mean, that, that's, that's what it is. And, you know, through all of our departments, you know, we've got our drop-off and pre-wash and check-in and blueprint and parts waiting and parts mirror matching and body and your prep, paint, build, detail, QC, and of course calibrations and, and uh, delivery. Um, and then actually the last one is cash in the bank. And if we look clear down to the end, let's say near the end, let's say we're in the build department and we uh, um, find out that we, we, we find a, a broken headlamp tab or uh, missing a bracket or whatever, whatever that may be. Uh, we've, and that car can't leave. And you know, we have it scheduled to leave at four o'clock today. And at 10 o'clock, we find out, hey, we're missing a part or something broken. You know, uh, uh, our conveyor belt has just stopped. And so you mentioned it being an aha moment. It kind of was for me too, just reading it, you know, here, Bender Bender, we always talk about, you know, annual revenue and, you know, sort of those top line numbers, but this really breaks it down. And like you said, you could go down to the minute if you wanted. So, you know, once you found that out, like what then were you able to do in terms of interrogating, okay, why is the conveyor belt stopping? Like, what can we do to make sure it doesn't stop? Well, and, and, you know, we were awful clip. How do I want to say this? We're awful quick, and even our employees can be awful quick to place blame and start pointing fingers at you know who's the guilty party, and we're going to go on a uh, you know get the get the posse out, and we're going to go track down this culprit you know that that just just stopped our money printing machine, and and uh, uh, you know the, the the biggest problem in our shop is our is our process, and you know we're so quick to 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 to, to point fingers and and. You know, my responsibility or the responsibility of my employees is to, is to follow our process. And my responsibility as the owner is to improve the process, improve, you know, their, their job is to follow it. My job is to help to help improve it. Now, uh, you know, that could be a matter of just facilitating a discussion to where the employees, you know, come up with the, the, uh, the best way to do, you know, the best way we know today to do X. And that could be um, you know, the way we blueprint could be the way we mirror match parts uh, and so forth. But um, it, it's so interesting when you, there's a uh, with with lean manufacturing, um, one of the there's like a, a lean toolbox. And, and I won't try to dive into this very deep. We could be here for hours. But, um, you know, there's five S with uh, sort, shine, uh, sweep and all those other things to organize our shop. And, and there's value stream mapping and a lot of different things. But in the and the problem solving toolbox, one of the kind of not real deep level um, tools that is, is, is pretty easy to use, it's called the five whys. And uh, basically you, you ask why five different times, you know, uh, uh, in this case here, you know, I, I put in there that, you know, we found a, a broken headlamp in, in built. And uh, the question is, you know, uh, why did we find a broken headlamp in built? Well, 
it was overlooked when the car was taken apart. Oh, that we need to go badger the blueprinter, the guy who took it apart. It's all his fault. Well, we need to, we need to not move so fast there and start pointing fingers. And so, you know, why? So the second uh, why is why did the why did dismantle the blueprint overlook it? And um, well, the, the the headlamp was found by the technician. Uh, he, he found the broken headlamp, but the estimator didn't know it was broken, and, and he put the lamp in in uh, on a uh, on an R&I uh, parts car. He he didn't. So there was a communication breakdown. So oh well, now let's go badger the 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 guy who took it apart, and let's badger the estimator that hey they they screwed up, and there was a communication breakdown. Okay. So why was there a communication breakdown between the estimator and the blueprinter? And um, okay, so now we've got to let, let's take a deeper dive. We're going to dive in even deeper. And well, the the uh, you know the job had to be hurried. Well, why did it have to be hurried? Well, it, it had already been set for three days after it had been dropped off. You know, and 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 I don't know how many shop other shops have had this, but you know, I I've had, we've had that phone call where the customer calls and says, "Hey, if you're not going to work on my car, I'm going to come pick it up." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so then, you know, you, you get the thing in and you're hammered down and you got uh, cars stacked up uh, behind it trying to get in. And so you're rushing through and uh, and then you don't uh, uh, and, and then you, something gets missed in blueprint. And so so then we stop. Wait a minute. So why did the car have to set for three days? You know, why 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 did it have to set for three days? Well, and it could be something as simple. It's usually not this simple, but um uh, there are still shops in the country that will have all their cars dropped off on a Monday, and which is pure insanity. You know, it's pure insanity. Um, they don't have a level scheduling system, and uh, and they can be overwhelmed with nom drives, and we can fill in all all the excuses. But you know, in, in this case, we we had a, a broken headlight was found in build. Our money printing machine stopped. Um, uh, and so then, then we we researched all the way back. Well, the reason it really, the reason that car had to stop, the money printing machine had to stop, is because we have a very bad scheduling system. And so a lot of times, you know, you might run into problems that are unique that might not come up again. Problems that you know maybe couldn't have been solved because it was an external challenge. But through doing this interrogation process, you know, it's pretty clear that you will identify you know problems that are likely to come up again. Yeah, and, and again, we're, we're so quick to point fingers, and and you know most all of us have good employees, um, but chances are they, they they as my mentor had, had explained it to me, he said, Greg, he said you want your processes in in each department, um, you want them so well defined, and it, this sounds this can be this can sound a little bit uh, downing to our employees, but it's not supposed to be that way. Uh, we're, we want to make the job easy, but he said, you want this so easy that a monkey could do it. <laughs> not that our employees are monkeys, not trying to say that at all, but we are just trying to make this process so simple and, um, you know, the same, we're going to do the work the exact same way, because here's the thing when we don't have a, have written processes that if Joe has his way and Bill has his way and we have a problem, just like in this case, uh, you know, we found a broken headlamp and build and, and everybody does it their own way. How, how can we fix anything? There's no, it's impossible to fix it because if we find out that, that uh, each department followed the process and we've got our, 
we've got our drop-off process. It's a written process, our written process for blueprint and for mirror matching and, you know, go all the way down the line and you um, body and prep and paint and build and QC and all those things. I mean, they're written out processes. And so if, if, if the ball is dropped, did, did we have a bad person that didn't follow the process or do we have a good person who followed a bad process? You know, which, which one is it? Well, Greg, um, any other um, topics that come to mind that you want to uh, leave folks with or you know, anything that uh, came up in the course of our conversation that you wanted to make sure that we mentioned? Um, I would say on the, uh, as far as your cost per hour, um, and again, we, you know, we don't dive in too deep and, and uh, you know, look at, uh, uh, you know, above the line um, costs and all that kind of stuff and taking them out of that, what your cost per hour is, just, just leave, leave the whole amount. And it's really good to express that to our teams. You know, in this case for the, the $5 million shop, hey guys, as a team, you know, we're, we're burning $2,404 an hour. And make that big and bold, put it on a whiteboard, put it someplace where it's very visual. And every time that, that a car, uh, I, whether the car has to stop and build, whether we have to do a repaint, whether, you know, we, we missed a, a, a customer, a special request, Anytime that that car has to stop, they need to understand that, you know, hey, it's 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 a it, it's in the five million dollar shop. It's it's costing twenty four hundred and four dollars an hour. Now we we know that the car we want to get the new headlight and all that, and it's going to come in maybe tomorrow. And but now we back up the bus here. What all has to happen in order to fix that problem? Now we've got a customer that was already planning on their car for th at three o'clock. They've already um, made arrangements and all that. They have to be called. An administrative person has to has to be notified to get a hold of the customer. Now that the customer's experience, their great experience that we have, you know, done all along here to, to uh, you know, they had a, a, a life interruption, and now we're making this what could have been a good experience to get their car fixed into a bad experience. <laughs> and uh, now we have to. Uh, um, you know, go find the parts person and now we've got to go to the vendor and we've got to order the headlight and we have to get it received and, and maybe go send somebody in a truck to go pick up a headlight or whatever it may be. Then we get the invoice back and it's got to be received, scanned and received and all that and another uh, an additional invoice that's got to be reconciled on the statement and all these things and, and uh, there's there's over 40 steps, easy, 40, 40 steps that we have to do if we when we find something else that needs order and build and every shop has it including my shop but our job as owners is to lower that frequency lower the variation we want to get it down to zero that's our ultimate goal but when we can go faster and we can pass our break even boy i tell you what we can have very profitable shops awesome very interesting discussion thanks for joining us greg and we'll talk to you next month hey thanks todd